Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello, hello, hello everyone. We are here once again on a Saturday doing the best show on ESSR Saturday Draft Live. I am your host Jack Graham for today and obviously you're listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our Twitter, Suplex Retweet, our Facebook page, our community page on Facebook where we talk all things wrestling and we get your input for our feature shows. I believe Dave's recently asked for some input about the AJ Styles show. So if you're involved in that, well done. I'm sure your name will be read out in the show. So well done. Relevancy mm-hmm. for you there. Uh, we've got our website, eatsleepsuppliesretweet.com. Check all our back catalogue there. And always, you know, the YouTube channel. I believe Quiz Showdown's coming out tomorrow. I'm defending my my title once again. Will I come out on top of an actual wrestling-based quiz? Who knows? You need to tune and find out. But today's about Saturday Draft Live. Today's about the draft. And as always, I'm joined by David Hockney. David, how are we doing? Hi, thank you, Jack, and thanks for plugging the next feature show, which is coming out this Tuesday, and it is the career profile of one AJ Styles. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good lesson for that, and we're joined mm-hmm. by another, another standard of Saturday draft life, David Campbell. Welcome. Yeah, I've started eating bread again this week, and you don't realise like how much bigger your shits get when you. <laughs> it really is something to behold. Yeah, the struggle's real. I get yeah. where you're coming from. So sad. <laughs> and we have another guest on this week. He is last season's winner alongside David Campbell, and he will be the one to get the title shot whenever this happens for Saturday Draft Live. It is none other than Ryan Gallagher. Ryan, welcome to the party, my friend. Thank you for having me, boys. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here, um, sitting there quite comfortably in third place, looking down at all of my... I'm not going to say challengers. They're not challengers, are they? <laughs> yeah, he's not talking about it from a draft sense. He's just really condescending. Yes. <laughs> but before before I'll, I'll get onto the top three, I will, I will say, Ryan, was this your first time on since winning? So congratulations on on last, winning last season quite comfortably. Thank you very much. We told you it was going to happen, didn't we, Mister Campbell? We told him it was going to happen. They didn't believe us. They tried to stop us at every chance they got, um, and then it didn't work. It didn't work for them because we won. Exactly, and they were kicking themselves over it, kicking themselves. Fizzing, mate, absolutely fizzing. <laughs> but that's last season, we're on to this season now, and in Campbell, I'll come to you first. Mm-hmm. My captain, Drew McIntyre, is on 12 points, and this is, I'd say it's maybe quite significant, considering what happened, that he lost at Backlash, and he never had a match on Raw, he disappeared a couple of times, but yet he's still able to get into that top three, and yeah. considering what maybe Stephen was saying, last week that maybe mental might slow down even when Drew's not winning that match and not wrestling he's a consistent points getter here yeah it's it's curious because I'm running out of things to say about Drew obviously we've, we've said it till, till the cows come home he is one of the best draft picks you can ever get any time any season however I'm really interested to see what's going to happen because it looks like the Lashley feud is continuing for now and will probably lead to a Hell in a Cell match between the two, I actually don't think that's good news for you. Because 
I expected maybe Jinder, as was rumoured to get involved at Backlash and, and cost Drew and lead on to that feud. And that's a feud I expect Drew to win. I do not expect Drew to beat Bobby Lashley inside Hell in the Cell, should that happen. So I I would be cautious because another title pay-per-view loss for your captain, Jack, could slow down not only Drew's momentum as it would, but could see the gap closed on you when you look at Stephen and Ryan uh, and even Dave to an extent, Gary, who are all building up a bit of steam. You, the last thing that you want is another high-profile loss for Drew McIntyre this season. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's going to be quite a quite an interesting one. It'll be good to kind of evaluate things after Hell in a Cell because I, I, I do expect a loss there. I won't I won't lie. I don't think they're going to be so stupid to take the belt off Bobby Lashley, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But Dave, I'll come to you next. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bianca Belair is in second place with 19 points, obviously defending against Bailey and appearing multiple times on SmackDown, even after getting a loss as well. So as Stevens captain here, I, a good get so far. I think and it's a, a a very good points total to have after a, after a week's worth of scoring. Yeah, so far so good. And we said before, you know, out of uh, the the two Raw Women's Champions, uh, the, sorry, the two Women's Champions overall, that we thought Bianca definitely had the most momentum going forward, even if it meant you know taking a couple of losses here and there. And it's evident in the in the points here. You know, she's getting big wins on pay per view despite you know losing on TV. Nineteen points for a single week is still a very impressive score. And she's now moved up to fourth place overall in the top ten with thirty four points total. Not that far behind. Apollo Cruz, either, who's, you know, surprised a lot of people this season. But, yeah, I think Bianca's momentum is going to continue despite a few bumps in the road. Uh, still, it's a justified number one pick for this season, and I hope uh, her success continues forward, particularly in Steven's case. Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting one, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask you all a question at the end as we get to our, our number one uh, wrestler of the week, Ryan. Rhea Ripley on 21 points, obviously uh, beating Charlotte and Asuka a backlash and then was present on uh, Raw. This is, she is the highest scoring female right now in 45 points. Obviously was picked second by Gary instead of Bianca. If if you were in the position uh, to be drafting first, would you have picked Rhea or Bianca first? I would have picked Bianca first, personally, if that was my, my choice. Um, it's, it's strange with Rhea Ripley because obviously we're seeing there that she's got you know, that many points this week, but we've also been talking recently about how disappointing she's been since she came up to the, the kind of main roster and, and how much her kind of run has been a bit of a damp squib. It's kind of been overshadowed a bit by Charlotte, yet she's still you know, in draft terms, pulling out massive points. So she's, I'm going to say underdog, right? She's not obviously not an underdog because she's the, the champ, but she seems to be somebody that I didn't expect to have that many points until I looked at her spreadsheet this morning and, and realised how high up she was. But no, I would have went for Bianca if it was me picking picking first. Interesting. I'll, I'll ask, I'll ask uh, you to the same question as well. Uh, Hockney, what, what would you have went? If you're in that first position, would, would it have been Rhea or Bianca first for you? It would have been Bianca for me as well. Like and, you know, As well as Rhea Ripley's done you know, to score up points, I just don't think there's as much substance or long-term booking there as opposed to Bianca because Rhea is sort of integrating into a feud with Charlotte still. And as we've seen in the past, you know, WWE likes to put Charlotte in the, in the forefront of things. And I think they'll get to that point eventually. Whereas on SmackDown, they like to 
they more have a tendency to put new stars forward and make sure they gain just as much momentum as these uh, women from previous years. And Bianca is in a perfect position to be the next the next big female talent on SmackDown, especially if she's feuding with the likes of Sasha Banks, Bailey, uh, Shayna, Nia, and every other women available. What about, what about you, Cam? Well, obviously, uh, Bianca Belair is in 34 points and Rhea Ripley's 11 points ahead of her right now. Would you would you be swaying the same way as the other two? This is such a tough one because I've I've been very vocal uh, and I'm not I'm not afraid to admit in this show when I'm wrong. You know, sometimes you need to go for the big swings and I'm starting to think that maybe I was a bit harsh on the picks of Bianca and Rhea. Having said that, I still stand by that the best strategy employed in those first two rounds was Heyman's and Reigns should have went first for Stephen uh, and the tag team and Drew McIntyre first. They're both first in their respective rounds right now. It takes two of the biggest drafters ever off the table and I get the female pick thing but there are female picks further down the line who you can get who will perform. As for what happens the rest of the season, it's going to be tough because we've talked about the possibility that McIntyre lags. I'm willing to admit I think I'm wrong in Bel Air. I think Bel Air could end up being the number one draft pick for this season. But what Ryan said about Rhea, that's that's the sticker. Because if fans go back and the reception to Rhea isn't great, who's to say that this title run goes up in smoke just like that? You know what I mean? Who's to say that the Charlotte Flair effect doesn't kick in? So I'm still not as convinced in Rhea Ripley ahead of Drew McIntyre and let's not fucking talk about Raquel Gonzalez but am I willing to admit that maybe I was wrong about Bianca Belli ahead of Drew possibly the jury's still out I think obviously we're obviously talking talking hindsight right now I probably would would say I'd pick Bianca over Rhea even though it's that 11 point gap but if I was in that first position I think I would have picked Rhea ahead wow. of Bianca purely because comparing the Raw Women's Championship to the SmackDown Women's Championship, they're more likely to wrestle on Raw than the SmackDown Women's Champion is to wrestle on SmackDown, mm. if that makes sense. That that would have been my way of thinking, but I, I, I probably would be eating my hat right now if I was saying that. It's tough, though, because with Rhea, it, it's hard to say because usually you're like, oh, a heel champion could eat a loss on TV. Well, a babyface champion doesn't really. What is Rhea Ripley? I don't like that level of not really knowing what I'm getting. I'm not going to go in a menu and see there's a steak. Oh, there's a nice piece of chicken. Or would you like the mystery meal? Nah, I don't want the fucking mystery meal because I'd like to make sure I enjoy my dinner. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a nice wee healthy discussion we had. We had that was that was great. But we'll go, great. I'm, no. I'm actually really curious now to see what's on the mystery menu. <laughs> <laughs> well, who cares what's on the mystery menu? I'm hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll move on to our, our league table. Uh, Scott's sitting on uh, last position with 50 points. Unfortunately, his, his drafting strategy hasn't hasn't worked out for him here. And his brother, Ross, on ninth, 14 points ahead of him on 64 points. And I'd say from Ross to fifth position, it's it's quite tight that like positions could switch at any point. We see Ryan Dubois a point ahead of Ross in 65 points. Uh, Campbell, yourself, you're on 67 points. You said you might be... Uh, in the heart of Lisbon! That's the second week in a row something like that's happened. <laughs> I bet you're really proud of yourself. Oh, fantastic. Well, we've got uh, 
Sarah on 68 points, a point ahead at Campbell. And Orkney, you're three points ahead and 71 points. And this is where you kind of see a bit of a gap forming between uh, the, the, the kind of top side of the table and the bottom when you've got Gary and 89 points. Ryan, you are eight points ahead of Gary and 97. We'll talk about your team in just a wee moment. A bit of, <laughs> about a seven-point gap between himself and Stephen, 104 points, and I'm sitting pretty in the top, a 22-point gap on 126 points. Will I keep that up? Who knows? But it's time to go to... Maybe not my favourite, maybe not Campbell's favourite, but certainly David's favourite segment of the show. So, Listener's League. Dave, take it away. Yes, so the Listener's League top five, the same names are recurring once again, and I think the table's starting to take shape with, you know, who we're expecting to see in the top five every week. So, coming in at fifth this week, we have Tom Brock and the Tilburg Trappers, a, a seasoned Listener's League competitor. Not quite sort of broken the number one spot, but still a very strong player nonetheless. As we said, Drew McIntyre was in the top three scoring this week. He's his captain, scoring big points this week. Uh, Young Bucks also making an appearance alongside uh, Adam Page and Asuka getting a win over Charlotte this week as well. So not a bit of a mixed week for Tom, but he's still maintaining fifth place at this stage. Next, we have Johnny Napier with Nehasso Brasso, a regular name that we see in the in the top five. Now, the big point scorer for him this week was his team captain, Apollo Cruz. Uh, retaining the Intercontinental title on SmackDown. Uh, but he also has Rhea Ripley, who, as we mentioned, you know, was a big scorer this week, defending against Asuka and Charlotte at Backlash. The one hiccup I see on his team, really, at this stage is Sasha Banks, who has yet to score any points this season. So at the minute, he's operating with what feels like five people as opposed to as opposed to six. But you could say the same about Tom. You know, he has Daniel Bryan as his fifth-round pick, and he's been MIA for ever since the Universal title match. So those two guys not operating at full capacity, but they're still holding strong. Third place is Colin Blackburn with Just Too Sweet. And he holds third place largely because Rhea Ripley is his team captain. And as the aforementioned, you know, title win is keeping him afloat. Again, his third third round pick is also Sasha Banks. So we got three guys operating with less than a full team and they're still still ranking the top of the table because they're hitting all the right notes with the right competitors. Like one in particular was Damian Priest, who got a victory over the Miz at Backlash. So that was another big win for Colin. Where I think it's let him down, though, he also had Cesaro and Braun Strowman who were on the losing end of title matches. So again, another mixed week for Colin, not operating at a full capacity, but he's still doing very well, which is really, really impressive to see. And then second place, Johnny Adam with Bam Bam Gigolos, still, I would say, one of the best team names of, of the week. Now, he has he also has Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest on his team. You can start to see a, a trend here. And, but it's the Young Bucks that are his team captain uh, as well. So it's a bit, of a, a bit of a weird one to say, you know, how he's able to maintain second place. But the, the Young Bucks title defense from last week has obviously given him the boost that he needed, uh, along with Rhea Ripley and Priest wins at Backlash, keeping him afloat in second place. But once again, in first place, it's Ross Brady with the talented Mrs. Ripley with a commanding lead of 136 points, a 24-point gap gap for Ross. Now, we said before, like last week, you know, he has Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle and Randy Orton, all of which made appearances over the course of Backlash and Monday Night Raw. Rhea Ripley obviously successfully retaining the title. Damian Priest is his team captain, though, and him getting a big win at Backlash is what's keeping Ross Ross afloat here. Now, Randy Orton may have been on the losing end of uh, Raw this week, but 
joint appearances from him and Matt Riddle is definitely keeping him afloat. And I think that is the, the hidden gem of his team that's keeping him afloat. So I think the best thing he can rely on at this stage is Rhea Ripley continuing that momentum as Raw Women's Champion and Damian Priest as his captain, you know, propping him up with hidden points, you know, beneath the surface. So that's where the, the Listener's League stands for this week. And it's back to you, Jack. No, no, it'd be quite quite interesting. If I put my captaincy, Damian Priest, Priest would be the top scorer of the season and I'd be a further six points ahead than I already am. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's the fourth round pick. Yeah, Damian Priest is currently six. Damien Priest currently has 26 points uh, in the top 10 of the season. It's currently seventh place, and he's actually joint with the New Day, also on 26. And he's six points behind Big Scrap Daddy himself, who, let's not forget, uh, has it, the... He's gorgeous. Cap- he's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> yep. Uh, but bear in mind, Priest, Pierce has the captaincy applied on him in, this, in these readings, whereas Priest uh, has yet to... doesn't have that captaincy applied to him. It is one of the most interesting stories, I think, that we've been watching over the past couple of weeks, especially. And I do think a decision from Jack will probably be made. His hand might be forced at one point, because if this trend keeps up, then they're not going to leave those points on the table. You know what I mean? Well, mate, let me tell you how I see it going, Campbell. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you how I see it going. I, I, I see maybe a... I, I don't think he'll be... I don't think he'll appear in Hell in a Cell. I don't, I don't think he'll be on that. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I think he'll be in the Money in the Bank match, but I don't think he'll win. But I do think he'll win the United States title at SummerSlam. Nice. Shame. So I think I think my captaincy may have to change at the, the latter end of the season, depending on what happens. Mm. But we're not here to talk about me. You know, as much as I do like talking about myself, <laughs> we're, we're not here for that. Unfortunately, we are here to talk about our guest. We're going to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly of his team. Ryan Gallagher, are you ready? For the grilling of whatever your team name is, I can't remember what it is. Northmen, Southmen, Comrades, Olsen. There we go. Thank you for reminding me. But you're, I'll, I'll remind you of your scores in your team and, and how it's all looking pretty deadly on two points. Seamus on 28 points. Our captain Apollo Cruz on 39 points. Indy Hartwell on 15 points. Zoe Stark on 4 points. And Randy Orton 17 points. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions and I'll throw it over to the boys and let them ask any questions. But I, I want to start uh, I'll, I'll firstly apologise to you because I'm going to talk about Indy Hartwell. I was I was very surprised that she was the first to go out the way. I thought if anything it would be Gargano or uh, Candice LeRae was in my team, but obviously third round, 15 points. Can't can't really be arguing with right now considering she just won the women's tag titles with Candice LeRae in my team as well. Was was Indy always on your mind at this at this time of the draft? And you're thinking, right, I need to take a female competitor here. And how prominent the way was at the time? That's exactly what it was. Yeah, you know, I had picked two guys beforehand. I thought I need to try and even us out a little bit, um, see how it goes towards the end of it. Um, my draft strategy, as you all know, is very, very last minute. Write down a big list of names of people that I could potentially take, and then just pick as I go. Um, Indy Hartwell was one that stuck out to me, and um, I thought I need to pick a female. That's the first one that that sprung to mind. I thought, you know, like you said, there, I seen Horn Candice getting a, a, a title run at some point. Um, I knew she was doing the stuff with, with Dexter Loomis as well, so I thought she would be more prominent in kind of backstage segments. Um, obviously, looking at it just now, compared to you, Jack, you know, Indy's on 15, Candice on 16. So it's it's not, there's no much difference in them. Um, so if I was choosing between both of them, which I was thinking, I, I swung with Indy based on 
the stuff, the extra stuff she could be doing with your your dexalimus and stuff like that. Obviously, it's not worked out quite well. I wanted it to, but it couldn't have been any worse either because I would have just said Candice with an extra point. So that was the two that I was kind of swaying between. Um, obviously, you took Candice beforehand, so it made it a wee bit easier for me. Well, you didn't. I, I did. Candice, Candice is my last round. Yeah, I so, think Adam Page then in third. So sorry, I, I misread that there. So I, I was swaying between two of them, like I say, and that's what, what made my mind up for it. No, it's, it's, it's sound logic. I said I do apologise. So I was maybe I thought that some of the the, the strategy towards your, some of your picks was a bit off. Likewise, with your last round pick, I'll talk about Randy Orton. It was widely rumoured that he was going to be taking time off after WrestleMania. He was going to have a wee program with Braun Strowman that he was meant to lose, but apparently on the Raw of uh, after WrestleMania, he's pitched to work this program with Matt Riddle, and it's been going very, very successfully. Or was it was it just you were scunnered with who you could take in that last round, or was Randy Orton was like, oh, he's a really big name and he can't go undrafted? It, exactly the latter. Mate. That's exactly what I done. You know, I seen Randy Orton's name there, and I thought, oh my God, no, just take Randy Orton. And obviously, I knew the stuff about him potentially taking time off, etc. Bear in mind, at this point, I thought um, I thought my tag team were going to do a lot better than what they have because they'd only just got the belts. I thought it'd been kind of featured a bit more. And your your Zoe Stark as well, just coming off that big win um at the kind of WrestleMania weekend against Tony Storm. I thought she was going to get a bit more for us. So that that's the only kind of real blips in my team. So at this point I thought, you know, I'll take a risk on Randy Orton. Um if he does disappear off, then fine. You know, I I can afford to make that up. Thankfully he's not, thankfully her stuck about. Thankfully, you know, I'm sitting there with seventeen points. Um, as opposed to four and two for my, my, my female pick and, and my tag team as well. So, um, no, it was good. It, it paid off, thankfully, because otherwise I, I would have been a wee bit further down the table. I believe I believe Orton's the best last round pick, just yep, ahead yes. of Candice Lurie. So, is it, it's, uh, again, very very sound logic for your third and last round pick. But I'll, I'll, I'll let Campbell, your, your, your former tag team partner, uh, ask you some questions about your team. I'm sure he's got some bones to pick at. Hey babes, how's it going? Um, so anyway, when you look at where you drafted from, and I don't think it can be said enough how difficult it is to draft in the latter positions. You're drafting second last year, right? There's never an easy position to be in. But look at what you did. You're performing the best in round two with your pick of Apollo Crews. You're performing the best in round five with your pick of Randy Orton. You're performing second best in round three with your pick of Andy Hartwell. And fifth best in round one with your pick of Sheamus. That is impressive because you've got so many people in front of you who have managed to get the pick of the draw before you and you've been smarter than them. What I do need to ask though is you have two rounds where you're actually performing the weakest. That's Zoe Stark in round four and it's pretty deadly uh, in the tag team round. Just clear the air on those picks. What were you thinking? Is there one you're more annoyed at yourself than the other for thinking, uh, for picking? And are you looking at getting rid of those guys in the transfer window? It's something I'll be considering. I'll be considering transfers for them to or need to kind of weigh up how the rest of the team's performing. You know, if they can keep me there or thereabouts. You know, I, I never come out in this season expecting to win. Mm. The same as you, David. Yeah. You know, we, we, we drafted from last and second last. Um, so uh, the fact that I'm sitting there third place looking down at Gary as well is, you know, it's amazing. It is amazing. Um, go to them two teams there. So pretty deadly. I like I just said to Jack, I said, and I go, the reason I picked them, actually, as we had discussed in the group chat, I thought somebody else took MSK. And and I'll, I'll stand by that. I thought somebody else had taken MSK and I hadn't looked properly. 
and that was the next one on, on my list down. Um, Pretty Deadly had only just won the tag titles on NXT UK, so, you know, naturally I'm thinking they're, they've just got the belts, they're going to be on TV quite a bit, they're going to be having matches, you know, I, I never took any account that NXT UK is dog meat, which I should probably take into consideration <laughs> in the future, but that, that was the reason for them, so I, I don't think it was a... In hindsight, it was a bad pick. At the time, I didn't think it was a bad pick. I genuinely thought it was going to be one that was fairly that was going to be fairly strong. It just turns out that it's not went that way. Zoe Stark as well. Like I said, the, the coming off the big win against Tony Storm, um, they were kind of pushing her a little bit in lead up to that. And I thought, right, okay, this this could be her next push. This could be them um, building the next kind of female talent to come through NXT. Obviously, that's not worked either because she she disappeared for a bit. She's had a couple of losses now. And it just seems like that kind of fire's been been put out. So um again, not one I expected to do do bad. It wasn't I don't think it was a bad pick at the time that I picked it. It's only just became a bad pick afterwards in hindsight. Yeah, I do think that's fair. And also Hell in the Cell coming up the week after that is the transfer window. I need to go to you because you're saying you didn't expect to win. But the reality of the situation is you've actually put yourself in a very good position right now. And with a few tweaks to the team, you could maybe push on. What position does Ryan Gallagher need to be in come the end of Hell in the Cell to feel comfortable about maybe dropping or trading one or two of those guys and incurring the points penalty? Where would you feel comfortable enough that you could say, OK, I can take the hit here in hopes that it's going to do me better for the rest of the season? I'll be completely honest with you, and I'll need to see the table after that. I'll need to see how everybody else has performed. Runabouts, I'm not expecting to get to get first, obviously, because Jack's quite a commanding lead at this point. Um, that might change. I don't think it will. I think I think Jack's going to keep that lead for for a wee bit. It's going to be a case of creeping up to catch him, as opposed to you know having a really good night to catch him. Um, second or third, if I'm in second or third, I'll I'll consider it. At that point, because I know then I can I can afford a little points hit um, with getting rid of them two teams. The rest of my team seems to be performing well and will probably continue to perform well. Um, I kind of see that changing at any point as well. You know, Seamus expect to keep the belt, Apollo expect to keep the belt, Indy Hartwell expect to keep the belt, Randy Orton he's just cruising along just now with, with Matt Riddle. So I expect them all to do well for for the next while. So I'm not worried about them kind of falling off. So if I'm second or third. A, a decent, a decent points gap between, you know, kind of maybe fourth and obviously fifth as well, because that's quite far down as well now. Um, if I got that, then I'll, I'll strongly consider it. If I'm doing quite well and I'm sitting at second, I might, I might not, I might not make too many changes. I might make one rather than two, but we'll just need to see how that one goes. Interesting. Orkney, have you, yes. have you got any questions for for our guest here today? Yes, yes, I do actually, and I wanted to talk about. Uh, his his first uh, two singles picks along with his captaincy choice. Now, Apollo Crews and Sheamus have actually both done you very well, Ryan. Uh, but I can't help but notice that if you'd put the captaincy on Sheamus, you'd have actually got you'd actually scored higher for him as opposed to Apollo Crews. Now I appreciate you know Sheamus has been getting a lot of exposure, but not as many title matches. Whereas Apollo Crews, he's regularly defended the title on SmackDown, including this past week in a Fatal Four Way. So. Were you always going to be putting the captaincy on Apollo Crews, or did you consider also putting the captaincy on Sheamus? I, I considered both, to be honest with you. Um, it, it boiled down to who I thought was going to have more more title defences. Um, both heel characters, but one's more of a 
more of a bastard. If mm-hmm. that's the, the, the best way to, to describe it. So I didn't see Seamus putting the title on the line as often. Whereas I felt like the feuds that Apollo was in, you know, now at that point it was with a big E, now we've got four guys kind of in the mix um, for that one. I can see more frequent title matches happening. Um, so no, it was always, I think I was always going to end up with Apollo, but I did strongly consider going for Seamus at, at some point. But see if I, if I had done that, I'd be only looking at maybe like a kind of two point shift really. I mean, you know, that as we've seen before, that makes all the difference uh, when it comes to drafting. So, yeah, I mean, it's if if I was in your position, I would have strongly considered it. Aye, because uh, we're just looking just now. So, is it is it double points for your captain or whatever? Is double points for your ha- captain? Yeah. So, if you put the captaincy on Sheamus, you'd be sitting on forty points with him and nineteen and a half for Apollo Cruz. Cool. So, uh, I mean, it it really doesn't make much difference to me who I put it on. To be honest with you, um, they've they've been quite even. You know, if you look at it that way, mm. they've pretty much been even with each other to this point. So, I fair enough, maybe one one point a difference or so. But Aye. it's nothing that's too too worrying just now. If it got to a point where Seamus started defending the belt a bit more, then it's maybe something I would consider because I could see him if he does start defending the belt and doing these open challenges and and stuff like that. I could see him kind of having quite a few more matches if he maybe gets forced into it by. Mr. Adam Pierce, for whatever reason, then, so, then we'll see. But. Yeah, so just just one quick follow-up. Like, could we expect to see a captaincy change after the transfer window? Right now, I would say no. Right now, I would say no. But, like I say, it's, it's wrestling. We need to see what changes over the next the next few weeks. Um, at this point, Apollo's doing, doing well for me. I've got no no reason to change it. You know, I'm, I'm, I can only speak for myself on the 22nd of May they're sitting pretty much wouldn't make a difference who the captaincy was on in all honesty so it's not something I'm considering just now but we'll need to see how, how that pans out over the next few weeks Interesting I've, I've, I feel quite happy with that so I've got no further questions Your Honour do any of you two have any further questions for Ryan? No, no further questions No he's done well I'm quite quite happy. I think that that ends off a lovely episode of Saturday Draft Live. Uh, Ryan, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, Hawkney, as always, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thanks again, Jack. And same for you, Campbell. I swear not to eat another morsel of food until Margaret Thatcher is dead and buried. Uh, does somebody want to tell him? Yeah, it's lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, as Kanye West says, I guess we'll never know. But we do know. I do, we do know that's the end of Saturday Draft Live, so we'll see you next week. <laughs>